Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. It's the preaching of the word. Exciting times indeed. So before Debs gets up, as I say, she is preaching on purpose tonight, so... If you want a word from God about purpose, then really get your notepads out and your pens handy because uh, she's going to come and preach a storm. So let's give it up for Debs. Come on. I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Father, I pray for this mighty woman of God that you would put words on her tongue tonight. Tongues of fire. So when she preaches, lives would be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Go, sister. Evening, everyone. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about that seven-letter word, purpose, tonight. Um, I don't know about you, but it's a conversation that comes up a lot. You could be down the pub with your mates. You could be in the office, at work. You could be in church. And purpose comes up in conversations with people. They might not actually be saying, oh, I haven't got a purpose. But you hear things like, oh, there's something missing. I don't feel that satisfaction inside. There's something not quite right. And you hear it a lot of people today, don't you? Um, So I want to start off by giving you some worrying statistics about purpose in Britain. Nine out of ten young Brits believe their life lacks purpose. Nine out of ten. 34% of Brits claimed anxiety is stopping them from achieving the things they would like to. 30% of today's young people believe they are stuck in a rut. 84% claiming they are failing to live their best life. 84%. 36% would give their lives a complete redo if they had the chance. And according to the study, the average Brit spends half an hour a day dreaming of a better, more fulfilled life. So tonight I want to share with you how we can live our best life. How we can do this by living with purpose. So the title of my message is Living with Purpose. We all need a purpose, don't we? We all need something to get up for in the morning. The definition of purpose is the reason for which something is done or created for which something exists. A person's sense of resolve or determination. We all need a sense of purpose. And those of you that don't know me, I was brought up in the church, so I've known God from as long as I can remember. My mum started taking me to church from when I was probably about five years old. And I got to the age of about nine or ten, I think it was, and the church that I was in at the time, the pastor did um, a message and got people to come up if they wanted to give their life to Jesus. So that night, along with a lot of other kids my age, I can remember going to the front and for that time, that moment, giving my life to God for myself, wanting to follow God. And then through my teenage years, I was in church. I ran the youth club there for about 10 years. Threw myself into everything in church. Did a, went to every meeting going. That was all through my teenage years. And then through my later teens, I went to Soul Survivor in Watford and spent about a year there on a discipleship course. And that was one of the moments in my life that really changed me. Um, I grew in confidence then, because believe it or not, I was quite shy before I went there. And something changed on that, on that 
year of my life. Um, so it's all I know. And I think from going to church from a young age, and that's all I know, obviously I've sat through a lot of words, a lot of preachers, a lot of people giving their testimonies. And what I used to always like was listening to people give their testimonies of how, you know, they had these really colourful pasts, sex, drug and rock and roll, and then they gave their life to God. And we all like a bit of a, you know, a colourful story, don't we? Something that we can hear that people have, have turned their life around when they've done something like that, in the, maybe in their teenage years or whatever. And I always remember thinking back then, like, I used to say to people, oh, I'm boring. I ain't got a testimony. <laughs> like, who wants to listen to me? Oh, yeah, I, I, was, I just walked with the Lord for years. It's not, it don't really cut it, does it? And so I'm sorry, I'm a bit boring. I can't stand here and say, well, I did this, did that, and the other. But, you know, was my life a bed of roses? No, absolutely not. Flipping heck, no. You know, I got married when I was in my early 20s. And then when I was 30, um, I went through a divorce. And then after that, a few years after that, my life went downhill a bit from then. And there were the, some of the hardest years of my life. Liv's, my daughter was only young at the time. And after that, I carried on coming to church. But I was in church, but I wasn't, I'd walked away from God, basically. So I was sat in the seat. I was there in person, but I wasn't there. My heart wasn't in it. And I did things over that time, in that couple of years, I wasn't proud of. And the more I did that, the more I felt further away from God. And then I just, I started to feel like I wasn't worthy. The shame, the guilt came in, how we do. And then I actually stopped coming to church for a time, for a couple of years. And I can honestly say, out of the whole of the 30-odd years of my life up to that point, that I felt lost. And why? Because I'd lost my purpose for the first time. I never knew up until that point what it felt like to not walk with Jesus. So I had a totally opposite story to a lot of other people you hear. You know, they say, oh, they're going through the teenage years, they're going through life. And then they gave their life to God. But I was the other way. I'd walked with God. It's all I'd ever known. I'd known that peace inside. I'd known what it was to, to walk with God. And at that point, I felt lost. I felt, I felt like, where, where has God gone? Now, don't get me wrong. I know that Jesus never left me. It was me that walked away. It was me because of the shame, because of the guilt, that I felt like I couldn't come to church. It was nobody else. That was me that thought that. And... I don't believe that God left me for one minute. But then a few, a few months later, I remember sitting there in my living room one day, I felt the lowest of my low, and I just cried out to God and said, God, I need you back in my life. It was only you know, a couple of years probably where I was going through that. And that was one of those moments in my life where I felt that God was speaking to me straight. I just knew that it was like God was in front of me. You know when you get those moments? You know, I hear from God quite a bit, but that was one of those moments without a shadow of a doubt, I knew that, that God was there with me at that moment. And when I said to him, I need you back in my life, I felt God say, clear as anything, I've been right here where you left me. I've not, I've not gone anywhere. It's you. It's you that's gone away. And from that moment, I felt that peace come back. I felt that inner peace, and I knew that God was with me. I kind of had a fresh, fresh revelation that God was with me. And you know, something we did when we were 18, 20, 30, cannot reverse what God's planned for us. 
purpose is determined. No one can break up with you and interrupt the purpose of God for your life. No one can sack you and interrupt the purpose of God for your life. Not, not, no, whatever anybody of you do to each other, say to each other, it can't stop the purpose of God that he has for your life. There is no stopping what God has started until it's complete. He will see it through and he doesn't change his mind. It says in Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And, you know, the activity of God cannot be stopped by human decision or mistakes. I'll say that again. The activity of God cannot be stopped by human decision or mistakes. There's nothing that we can do that's going to stop God's purpose for our life. It might veer us off a bit the wrong way for a few months, for a few years, but the purpose is still there. It's us that walk away. It's God is there waiting for us. And... No, one of, one of my favourite scriptures, Simon's already read it to us tonight, he didn't know that it was part of my preach, but um, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. How many of us believe tonight that God has a plan and a purpose for us? Yeah, don't matter what you've done, it don't matter whether you think you're worthy or not, God has a plan for your life, God has a purpose for your life, and it's up to us whether we walk in that purpose or not. And so I'm going to go through the word purpose, and when I was on a run a few weeks ago, when God gave me this word, he gave me seven, seven words, seven points for the letters in purpose. And when I'm going through each one of them, I want you to just ask yourself, is there one of these that I need to work on a little bit more? Is there one of these lacking? Is there one of these missing in my life that maybe if I can do this, then maybe I'll be a bit closer to getting that purpose? So I'm going to refer to King David in the Bible because if there's anyone in the Bible to look at apart from Jesus, it's David. David was a shepherd boy. He, just, he was tending to his father's sheep. You know, why did God choose him to be king out of all his brothers? No one expected it. He was in the background. He was just a little shepherd boy. But God said this, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do my will. So the first letter in purpose is position. We need to be in the position that God has placed us. Not seeking position, because that's the difference. God knows where to find us and God knows when to promote us. David was in the correct position to find God. You know, he may have been in the background, he may have just been a little shepherd boy looking after his father's sheep, but he was in the place where he needed to be for God to call him. And we need to take our position. Where you are in the minute, at the minute, might not be where you, you desire the place is, but hold on to it because God will fulfill his promises and his purposes in that position. Step into your God-given position. This is a place of preparation. While you take your place, until you take your place, nothing takes place. So, you know, we need to be in that place where we're preparing, assuming your rightful position, have a, life, a lifestyle of discipline where we spend time with God. This is all in the preparation stage, just like David. Be in the, be in the place where... We're preparing so that we're ready for when God gives us more. Oh. Secondly, understanding. 
We only have to look at David in the Bible and see that David understood how to serve the purpose of God. How do we discover our purpose? Serve. That's all that David had to do, was to serve the purpose of his covenant assignment. When you serve the purpose, God gives you the promotion. We don't have to worry about it. We've just got to serve him. You don't want a promotion that God's not given you. You don't want a responsibility that God's not given you. In Psalm 78, verse 70, it says, He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people. God chose David, his servant, because he understood that he had to serve the purpose. And also, he was ready. So the R, readiness. God chose David, his servant, this is how we became the king, not because he was waiting in line for an opportunity. God chose him from the sheep pen. He was in a minimum wage job, just doing, attending to his daily life, his daily routine, and God chose him. When you serve your purpose, you don't have to search for it. It will find you, purpose will find you. You don't have to seek the position. When you're in the position that God placed you, you're ready to serve his purpose. David didn't have to do anything. He was just doing what he knew that God had asked him to do and he was being faithful to him at the time. And God made David a king, not because he sought the position, but because he served the purpose. His heart was ready to live out the purpose that God had for him because he was faithful. He was faithful in the small things in his daily life to God. Are we ready for what God has for us? in the next season of our lives? Are we ready for God to reveal some more to us of our destiny? We've got to be ready. We've got to be in the right place to accept it. So we've got the first three things there, position, understanding, and readiness. So if we put ourselves in the right position, that we understand that we've got to serve the purpose and we're ready for it, then what comes next? Passion. Knowing your purpose motivates your life. If we start on this track and do these first three things, then naturally we'll feel passionate. We'll get the passion. Purpose always produces passion. Nothing energizes like a clear purpose. And on the other hand, passion disappears when you lack purpose. You know, when you feel like you haven't got any purpose, you don't even feel like getting up in the morning, do you? You think, oh, I can't be bothered. Everything seems hard work and it saps your strength. George Bernard Shaw wrote this, this is the true joy of life, the being used up for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish, little clot of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world would not devote itself to making you happy. In 1 Samuel 13 verse 14 it said, the Lord sought out a man after his own heart. His purpose, David's purpose was always the will of God, but out of that came passion. No, David, he knew that he could achieve anything. He knew that he had God on his side and he wasn't intimidated because he knew who he was. He knew what his purpose was. He wasn't even intimidated by a nine foot giant. He was offered to wear some armor and he said, actually, no, I'll just go and get those stones from the river that'll be fine. He knew who his God was. He knew he had him on his side and that passion was evident. If we've lost some of that passion tonight, 
then you know maybe we've just forgotten a bit about where our purpose is and we need to come back and ask God so that's passion so the next one I think this is probably one of the most important things overcoming you know David may have overcome a giant he may be called a man after God's own heart he may have wrote off of the Psalms but he wasn't perfect just like me and you he had temptations just like we do and I think this is the part of the purpose that we need to grasp because we can get to this part and if we don't overcome we end up wandering off and we lose the purpose of God for our life and you know David went into temptation he fell into temptation he had an affair and then he committed another sin to cover that one he had Bathsheba's um, husband killed he got himself into a right situation did that mean that it was over for him no he came to God he knew he'd messed up and in Psalm 51 he said hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity creating me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit in me all David had to do was come to God and say God I'm sorry I've messed up no when it comes to temptation it helps to know that Satan is so predictable isn't he you know if you've been a Christian for a while he uses the same tricks that he used from creation with Adam and Eve and sometimes we can think that temptation is a weakness well you know actually it's not it's we've all we all get tempted being tempted actually means that the devil just hates us because we're doing we must be doing something right so if we're walking in his purpose and we're doing God's will the devil gets angry he don't like it so what does he do he comes and he tries to tempt us he tries to bring us away he tries to get us do everything he can to get us off that purpose the one thing the devil hates to see us walking with purpose living with purpose and you know if we're serving God's purpose we will 100% have the devil trying to tempt us it's just what he does but you know just like Adam and Eve we have to recognize what's happening he comes in don't he with those little thoughts those little whispers saying oh yeah look that's good that's great you can do that and then and then we start to doubt God oh did God really say that like what happened in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve did God really say you shouldn't eat from that did God really say that and then we end up falling don't we or am I the only one that's ever fell into temptation <laughs> You know, sometimes, Dave, you know, David did, and we all do at times. But we don't have to, because we can overcome. And God wants us to overcome. We can refuse to be intimidated. Martin Luther said, you cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. You know, we can't stop the devil from giving us thoughts, from whispering to us. But we can choose not to act on it. We can tell him to do one and get lost. You know, we know when it's coming. If we're ready for it, then we can, we can tell him. The closer we get to God, the more that Satan will try and tempt us. But we have the truths of his word. We know what God says, and we have to hold on to that. We have to focus on that. Peter says, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. We need to be awake and alert to know when the devil is tempting us. 
The biggest way to overcome is the simplest way that we don't always think of straight away, and I don't know why, is ask for God's help. God wants us to ask for his help. He knows that we need his help and that we can't do this without him. And, you know, people in the Bible, David in the Bible, they asked for God's help. They cried out to God. Sometimes it don't need to be a long conversation. If we're in the midst of being tempted or something's happened, we haven't got time to have a long conversation, have we? It's just a matter of crying out to God at that time, like David did. Sometimes we can feel embarrassed to ask for help. Have we ever felt like that? You know, we've done something wrong. We've said sorry to God. It happens again another week. And it can get to the point where you think, oh, I can't, I can't keep asking God because I keep doing the same thing over and over again. But God never gets irritated. He never gets bored. And thank goodness he never gets impatient like we do. That no matter what we do, we can keep coming back to him. The Bible says, let's have confidence then and approach God's throne where there is grace. There we will receive mercy and find grace to help us just when we need it. You know what? If we have to cry out 200 times a day for the same thing, to ask God to come, he'll be there. He's not going to leave us. He's there to show us his mercy. So overcoming is a big one. We want to get through that. Because then we get to the next bit, which is the next S, which is service. I know I've touched on this already. David served the purpose before he even became king. He served in the sheep pen. God created you with a purpose, with a role he wanted you to play on earth. He planned exactly what he wanted you to do. He shaped us, he's created us. The Bible says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We're custom designed. God deliberately shaped us and formed us to serve. David said in Psalm 139, you made all the delicate inner parts of my my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. God never wastes anything. He'd never give us abilities, interests, talents, gifts, experiences, unless he intended for for us to use it for his glory. And this is where the growth track comes in. This is why the rock's so big on the growth track. Because once we give our life to God, once we find our purpose, we want to serve him. You naturally want to serve him. So this growth track's brilliant because if you're not quite sure where you fit or what you want to do, then, you know, go on this course. It's, it's brilliant. You just tick a few boxes, see, what, see where your personality is, see what you're good at, and then you can get involved. You're serving the purpose of the church. And, and it's a great thing to be involved in. And it's about serving our purpose for us, nobody else's. We can't serve anyone else's purpose. We need to worry about our own gifts and what we've got. We're only one click away, aren't we, from seeing on social media how people raise their kids, uh, how that church runs, how they preach, what they're doing. Well, you know, God's given us the gifts. It's about using the gifts that he's given us. All I've got to do is completely commit my life to God's purpose for me. Not the person sitting next to me, for me. As long as I'm doing what God's called me to do, that's what matters. You know, if we try and fulfill someone else's purpose, we will feel stressed out. We will feel like a failure because we're not doing what God's called us to do. Don't worry about anyone else. Worry about what God's asked you to do. 
So, servant. Lastly, so what's the E then? So, you know, we've gone from being ready, positioning ourselves, overcoming, serving in the church. Surely we've got to get excited. <laughs> if, we're, if we're serving and we're walking in the purpose of God, we've got to be excited about it, surely. You know, when God spoke to me in the, my living room that day, when I came back to him, I knew that I had to do something. I needed not only to come back to God, but I needed to come back to church. So I came back to church, I did the Freedom in Christ course, and I started to build my relationship back up with God. But, you know, this time it was very different to the time before. Something that I'd not experienced before. I had a fresh revelation of who God was. That he wasn't this person in heaven with a big stick waiting to condemn me. But actually, he was saying, come back. You're back where you belong. And he wants the best for us. He wants us to live in his purpose. And when I came back, I made the decision that I wanted to serve the purpose of the church. That I knew that I couldn't just sit there on the seat because that wasn't me. I, want, I knew that God had a calling for my life. I knew that God had something bigger for me. And it was small steps. I said to God, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Don't ever pray that prayer if you don't mean it. Flipping egg. So it was about a week after that, I think Kate sent an email out and said, um, that we're running really low on um, youth workers. So if you feel like you could work with the youth for a time, just for a season, then, you know, just pray about it. So I was reading that email, and you know, don't you, when God's saying something to you? And I was like, flipping it, God. No, not the youth, not the youth again. I've done it for 15 years. But do you know what? Because I felt God saying that's what he wanted me to do, I did it. And you know, once I was doing it, I started enjoying it for that time. I remember actually when we went to Bonsall again the first time, I only did like a little 10 minutes like talk to the youth, but I thought I started getting passionate again about what God had calling, was calling me to do. It wasn't where he wanted me to stay or where he wanted me to carry on serving, but it was what he wanted me to do for that time. I, start, I went on the refreshments. I started serving the purpose of the church. And you know, when we do that, we can't go wrong because God has it all in hand. And I still used to sit in church and it wasn't till probably a year or two ago where I felt God saying, right, it's, you know, it's the next thing for you. But we don't have to push it. If we're in the place that God wants us to be and we're doing what God wants us to do, it, God's got it in hand. You know, he will bring you forward and he will show you what it is he wants you to do. It's exciting. It's exciting what God's doing in the church. It's exciting when you've got a purpose and you've got a passion about what God wants you to do. In Acts 13, verse 36, it says this, David served God's purpose in his generation. No, David dedicated his life to fulfilling God's purpose on earth. Can we, we put our names in that? Wouldn't you like people to say that about you? I know I would. Deb served the purpose of God in her generation. Do you, do you want to be able to say that? You know, we get excited for things all the time, don't we? I get excited on the last day of June when it's the last day of my students and I think I'm not going to see them until September when I've got an old summer off. I got excited a couple of weeks ago when I was going on holiday. I'm excited because I'm going again in another week. 
and I've got the summer to chill out and not have any students to bother about. But, you know, that excitement comes, but then it goes. Before you know it, September's here, and I'm going, I'm starting again, I'm starting another academic year, and you're going around the same wheel again. But, you know, when you've got that purpose, and you know that you're living for something else other than just getting up and going to work, it makes a massive difference. Are we all going to have a great life? Are we always going to be happy on a Monday morning? No, of course we're not. But you know when you wake up with the purpose that Jesus lives inside of you, then there's nothing else like it. And I had two years, two years where I felt that I wasn't with God, and they were the worst two years of my life. So, you know, I can say, I can't go and say I was doing this, that, and the other for 20-odd years, and turned, but I can say that I've not walked with God, and I have walked with God, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, we can make excuses. We can say, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not this, I'm not that. But at the end of the day, God has got a purpose for all of us. Before we was even born, God purposed and pre had a a purpose for your life so it's up to you whether you want to walk in it or not everyone had an excuse in the Bible Jacob was a cheater Peter had a temper David had an affair Noah got drunk Jonah ran from God Paul was a murderer Gideon was insecure Miriam was a gossip Martha was a warrior Thomas was a doubter Sarah was impatient Elijah was moody Moses stuttered Zacchaeus was short Eloise Abraham was old Lazarus was dead. But do you know what? They all fulfilled the purpose of God. We're not perfect, are we? But God is. And, you know, I don't want to spend half an hour a day dreaming of a more fulfilled life. I want to be living it. And the question is, do you?